0: Hello and welcome to the Place to Place podcast. I'm Claire Dewhurst, the director of City Nation Place, which is the forum for place brands and place marketing. The idea behind this podcast series is to create a chain of conversations between place branding leaders to give you the opportunity to listen in to honest conversations about their challenges, the solutions they're finding, and the opportunities they're exploring to ensure that their place brand strategies deliver real economic benefits. We're really thrilled that you've chosen to tune in and, and I hope you enjoy the discussions. So, welcome back for episode 15. And we're delighted to be joined again by Luis Araújo, who is the president of Visit Portugal. Welcome back, Luis. Um, and he's going to carry on our chain of conversations for us. He's asked to be connected with Claire Prentice, who is the head of marketing for Brand Scotland. I always find it fascinating to learn which places admire each other and see similarities they'd like to explore. So I'm looking forward to this next conversation. Welcome, Luis and over to you.
1: So good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are. It's wonderful to be here talking today with Claire Prentice, a person that I don't know personally, in fact. But the work that Scotland and Claire is doing is clearly appreciated, I think, all across the world, and especially by my team in Portugal. So thank you, Claire, for being here.
2: Thank you, Lise. It's an absolute pleasure to, to be here. And thank you to City Initiative please, and to yourself for inviting me along. And I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. So let's jump into it. And I have here a first question. So Brand Scotland, you bring together the collective communication efforts of the Scottish government and the specific key partners. In building the Scotland's global brands and reputation, how does visit Scotland and the brand Scotland play its role in this collaboration versus the Scottish enterprises? How do you do this collaboration
2: yeah that's it, a great question so I mean just a little bit of history, so Brand Scotland was born oh, about six years ago now and really came from the recognition that whilst separate agencies like you know visit Scotland and Scottish Development International, which is part of Scottish Enterprise and others, were sort of communicating successfully internationally. Everyone was sort of doing so in their little, little silos. So actually, it made much more sense to come together to be more consistent and to really sort of increase the impact that we should have at the collectors promoting Scotland's brand internationally. So the decision was then made to come together under Brand Scotland, which is a collaborative Partnership and the partners that, that make up Brand Scotland are, as you'd mentioned, Visit Scotland and SDI Scottish Development International, which is part of Scottish Enterprise, who were the founding partners along with Scottish Government. And we now also have additional partners representing other pillars and sectors. So we have Creative Scotland, University Scotland, Scotland Food and Drink, and Highlands and Islands Enterprise. So lots of different organizations coming together across a number of different pillars of work which you know is reflective of how other nation brand organizations work across sort of live work visit study and and business so really sort of representing the partnership within each of those areas and as i say visit scotland and and, and scottish enterprise the ACTI, be two of the, the founding partners so Whilst each of those partners have a a quite specific role within their own sectors, they obviously have their own particular objectives and audiences, you know, whether that means sort of driving trips to Scotland or direct investment in Scotland. Those pillars are a really, really important part of what Ragged Scotland supports. But actually, where our power lies is where we come together around those different pillars of work and really seek to increase consideration of Scotland, to challenge perceptions about Scotland and ultimately drive that, that economic impact. So as I say, I think that's really where the power of, of the collective comes together across the different pillars. But we do work very closely both with Visit Scotland and with Scottish Enterprise across that sort of brand narrative, that storytelling across all of our content. We're working at the moment, for example, with BBC Worldwide on a, a number of different Films to you know to talk about Scotland, but actually, what's really interesting is seeing the interplay across the different pillars and working with our partners to create those films. And we've worked really closely with Visit Scotland and, and Scottish Enterprise on that, whether it's showcasing our natural beauty or talking about our sort of strengths within you know the space sector, for example. So we work a lot around content, but where we also work really closely with partners like Visit Scotland and SDI is around what we call our global moments. So those moments where there's an opportunity to put a bit of a spotlight on, on Scotland. And so for example, we've got the UCI champs coming to Scotland, the cycling championships, which is a huge event coming in August. So we work really closely with Visit Scotland and with their partner Event Scotland in terms of using that as a platform to really showcase Scotland globally. Similarly, around you know the world, they expose, We would work really closely with SDI around something like the Expo in Dubai last year and the forthcoming Expo and other work ongoing. You know around, for example, you know Tartan Week. I'm sure you know the, the US similarly will be a big, important audience for for Portugal, but working. Around Tartan Week, it's a really important global moment for Scotland. So again, you know, we're able to work with Visit Scotland to really use that platform to best effect for for our brand. So lots of different collaboration, and essentially that's that's at the heart of how we work at Brand
1: Scotland. We're talking, as you said, different audiences, different goals, different messages. How do you balance all this? What's the biggest challenge in putting all that together? Because I can imagine it must be crazy putting all this together right it
2: it can be but i think i think it's about recognizing the role of that overarching brand communication and that overarching nation brand strategy so what we're not trying to do is do the job and visit scotland or do the job of our enterprise and business partners or do the job of creative scotland all of these organizations have quite specific roles objectives and audiences and and all run their own, you know, marketing activity and campaigns. But Brad of Scotland almost kind of sits above that in terms of, you know, that brand positioning, that increasing consideration of Scotland. And we talk about this marketing funnel as, as, as many, you know, organising issues do. So it's really that sort of laddering up all the ambitions of the pillar organisations and how what we're doing at a brand level Supports that, so we all have a role to play in that, and have quite distinct roles. But there's many ways that we can also come together, you know, as a as a brand to to sell Scotland essentially and naturally. Where the power of you know the the collective lives. It's not always easy, you know, but I think the ambition is there. That's really why we, you know we came together in
1: the in the first place. Wonderful. And there's a. Very strong ambition. And I think you're a role model and an example on this, which is the ambition of Scotland reaching net zero by 2045. As a leader of the marketing team of the Scottish government, net zero, how do you manage to engage people in this commitment? Is it through campaigns, communication? How do you do this?
2: Yeah, I, again, another big challenge, and I'm quite fortunate in that I kind of have a, a dual hat, you know, I'm, I'm working in terms of Scotland's international ambitions, but looking after the net zero working thing is also part of my role, and I I do that within the domestic space, but also internationally too, but of course, both of those things are, are very interlinked. So, I mean, essentially, the strategy we have in, in Scotland is brought together again under a, a sort of Unified communication strategy, which we call Let's Do Net Zero, which we created a couple of years ago, just ahead of COP26. And essentially, yes, marketing campaigns are a are, are really important lever in that, in terms of driving behaviour change, but they're only really one part of the the picture. And obviously, working with government, with partners, with policy makers is, is also hugely, hugely important. But the approach we've taken today is kind of to do three things, I suppose. First of all, raising the profile, I suppose, of the climate emergency, when I think particularly throughout the pandemic, that has become, you know, loud and clear that this is an issue that needs to be challenged. An important part of what we do is talk about how Scotland is tackling that. So, you know, showing again that collective action in terms of how, what individuals need to do in terms of driving that behaviour change, but also demonstrating what our government is doing, what support there is, what policies there are in place. And that's reflected in, in how we talk about climate change internationally. So again, there's a couple of aspects to that. It's about showing Scotland's ambition and leadership and We talk about using a show-not-tell approach, so really showing the things we're doing, the progress we're making in Scotland and how that's benefiting our domestic citizens, but also how we're working collaboratively with other nations and countries to sort of drive action. And obviously platforms like COP26 coming to Glasgow was a, a huge opportunity to showcase some of that. So we do a lot of marketing activity, particularly in, in, in Scotland at home. But in terms of Brand Scotland, Net Zero and our commitments around climate justice and sustainability are, are very much woven through all of our work, whether it be our content or some of the campaigns that we're, we're running. But as I say, I, I think it's very much about that kind of game. It's collaboration. It's working together to find those
1: solutions which are not not been easy and I think communications as I see, is just one part of the picture. Perfect and of course tourism is part of this national plan as a transversal activity. What are the main goals that Brian Scotland wants to achieve in this industry in order to reach net zero or how will tourism contribute to this?
2: Sure sure well I think I mean you will know this much better than, than, than me but I think there's obviously been such a huge, huge challenges for the, the tourism sector and industry and in response to that across the world. But certainly Scotland and Visit Scotland particularly have launched a, a new tourism strategy relatively recently looking ahead to, to, to 2030 and, and really with the ambition to be a real kind of innovator in terms of 21st century tourism. So again, that strategy is very much about putting putting people and, and planes and the planet ultimately at its heart. So really trying to reduce the impact in the environment of our tourism activities, but at the same time, acknowledging the challenges that that sector has has gone through and looking at how we can sort of balance that with the, the clear sort of economic and social benefits that that tourism brings. and, um, so I know there, there's lots of things that visit Scotland as a, as a partner are looking to do over the next few years, and I'm sure it's reflected in the work that you're doing in Portugal as well. But really, sort of looking at, I suppose, both the mitigation side of things: how are we reducing the carbon impact of the tourism sector? But also acknowledging that climate change is here, and many of the things are already kind of locked in, I suppose. So how? How can the tourism se- sector be supported in terms of that adaptation to some of the inevitable changes that are already happening? Obviously, other things around the impact of, of transport and how how people are are, are travelling domestically and internationally. And you know, another important aspect is obviously protecting the communities and particularly the island communities in, in Scotland and trying to look at that sort of year-round pattern of travel and of impact, I suppose, so that those those communities and, and sectors are, are, are protected throughout throughout the year. So again, I, I think those are probably some of the some of the main things, although there's, there's, there's probably a lot of score as well. I think it's a challenging space to to be in
1: to, to strike that balance. Yeah. And and definitely you have to work on supply and demand to change this global perception or how you do tourism in the world, definitely. But you see a similar effort coming from the economic development side. Is it, is this balanced also?
2: I think so. I mean, again, I think a lot of this is, is interlinked, but one of the ambitions we work towards as brand Scotland and again in the Scottish government is trying to recover obviously from from the the pandemic and I think the challenges we're seeing now are are, are in many ways even even more challenging than when we were in the pandemic itself particularly in terms of our economy but how we can be more prosperous more productive and and more competitive internationally but I think again similarly to what I talked about on the tourism side of things again I think it's about it's about creating what we call a wellbeing economy. So it's, again, trying to have that, that balance of what a successful country, society, economy looks like now. And, again, how that's putting its yeah. people and and, and place and, and and planet at the heart of that. So, for example, in terms of, again, linked to the, the net zero ambitions and, and one's journey towards that, again... A just transition is something that we, we talk about a lot and ensuring that the way we do that, particularly in a country where the, the oil and gas industry has been such a huge part of our history, how are we transitioning to a much more renewable economy, renewable energy, hydrogen economy, in a way that, that's fair, that's just for everyone who, who is working in those sectors. So again, lots of ways that, that Scotland is, is tackling that in the coming years. And again, as Brand Scotland, sort of exciting innovations that we can talk about in that space, whether it be around wind energy or tidal energy or the work that's happening in the, the space sector in, in Scotland to, to support net zero. So
1: lots of opportunity there as well. Perfect. I really enjoy the well being economy, definitely, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful statement especially, and I think we relate on this, being two small countries. And I always say that small countries have an important message and can be a benchmark and an example even for bigger countries. So how can we demonstrate or how do you, as Brand Scotland, demonstrate this global citizenship? How do you take the lead in conversations of international importance such as climate change Inequality. I mean, organizing the COP is a wonderful example on how to do this, and um, the results are amazing. But how do you take the lead? How do you give the example? Yeah,
2: you're right, and we're always saying, "Oh, we're a small country, but we like to think we have a big impact." Or we certainly, we certainly strive to do that. And and one of our kind of mantras is around being a good global citizen. So essentially, the role that we play in the world globally and having that positive impact is really really important but you're right and particularly when it comes to some of these huge challenging issues how can um, and and again I think I think that's where that collaboration and, and and outreach comes to play and again I think our approach has always been to show the evidence show what we're doing and, and I suppose kind of try and lead by example where we can so looking at COP26 as you say provided a really unique platform for for Scotland but but since then having a presence at the the subsequent COP meetings and trying to bring something unique from from Scotland to those events so things like our climate justice fund the commitment that we have around loss and damage so again looking at the countries who are least responsible for climate change, but actually needing the most support. And again, I think being part of other groups and cohorts that can support each other. You mentioned about the wellbeing economy and there's the wellbeing economy government group, where again, it's smaller nations coming together to bring that, that collective power. And I think it's about working together. It's about showing our values and our commitments. The action that we're we're taking in these areas in a way that's progressive and, and collaborative. Again, these are where Rand Scotland, I think, has a has a role to play.
1: Definitely, I agree with you. Any country, any institution can do its role and take the leads on showing the world on how to do it and how to do it properly. And you gave us wonderful examples about that. And uh, and definitely, I th- we all agree that that's the way to do it, or, or that's. The only way to go. Claire, I think we're getting to the end. So I'm going to ask you one last question, which is what piece of advice can you share with other countries? I mean, I think the well being economy is wonderful. And I would love every country and institution to look at this very properly because it's impossible to just have profit or just have the same quantifiable objectives or goals that we've been dealing with for the past years but what, what what piece of advice can you share with with us with Portugal with any other country being small or big
2: thank you and you're absolutely right on the well-being economy I'm glad that that's struck a chord and been helpful I'm quite new to this world of nation and police branding I've only worked in this area for a couple of years and I've really been bowled over by city nation place and by the the kind of wonderful network of experience and people wisdom, really. So that's been a huge, certainly a huge help to me in terms of my own journey at at, Advanced Scotland and particularly culminated at the conference last year because there is such a wealth of brilliant experience within this this sector. So I don't know if I have any great advice, but I certainly have things that I've picked up along the way that I I very much intubate into my work. I think it's really important. And I think particularly... As, as a brand, I really admire the work of Rand and Tasmania and the work that they're doing around really telling that authentic story of your country, your people, your values, because let's be honest, our countries and our brands were here long before we were and they'll be here long after that. So I think just telling your country's story in a consistent way is 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 really, really important and reflecting that back in the way your country is governed your policies, your people, the work you do. It's such a sort of integral part of, of everything that you you say about your country. And really in Brand Scotland, bringing partners together behind that story to tell it consistently is just so important. And one final thing that I just picked up recently, and I can't remember where it was from, but anyway, I thought it was really quite powerful and i think reflective of what you're talking around this well-being economy and this real kind of shift in terms of how nations want to talk about and position themselves it's no longer this kind of we're the best at this we're brilliant at that we're like there's a real sort of shift in terms of really just reflecting back authentically what you do why we do it and why it's important and that will have a positive effect I think that's really really important, whether it's about attracting visitors, students, or businesses, really just telling that true story of what you're about, and then hopefully they'll come.
1: Perfect. Well, Claire, thank you so much. And I think it's a wonderful piece of advice to tell you the truth, that turning to yourself and based on your authentic stories, and that will show up to everyone, is clearly what we need right now in the world. So thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for sharing everything that you're doing and for being so transparent and so clear. And thank you for the opportunity. I hope I will meet you one day live very, very soon. I
2: hope so. I very much hope so, Thank you so much. It's been a and, pleasure.
1: And thank you to place to place for the opportunity in putting us together, which is wonderful.
0: Thank you so much, Louise. And thank you, Claire. You've both taken us through the topics we're currently finding that everyone is asking about. Collaboration climate change and sustainability and how you create a more authentic place brand narrative to help meet those challenges. It does seem that getting these right is the key for smaller places in punching above their weight in terms of building reputation and awareness. Thanks also to you, our listeners, for tuning in to this conversation. I hope you found it useful. And I'm always going to do the plug, please don't forget to recommend the Place to Place podcast to your colleagues. We will, meanwhile, be busy getting the next episode together where we'll be welcoming back Claire and connecting her with another place leader. Look forward to seeing you then.